Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order Faith Friday special edition. I am here with my friend Dennis Dowdell, a former school bus driver with no business experience who graduated from college with a 1.98 GPA, just barely beat me by a hair, yet he developed a team of over 250,000 people worldwide with over 275 in the top 1% income bracket. He did this using a number of biblical principles. Dennis used these biblical principles in the health industry where he launched what has become a 43-year venture in changing lives around the world. He has helped people go from hopeless to hopeful, poverty to wealth, timidity to confidence, follower to leader, and from leader to leader of leaders. He has accumulated these lessons in his international best-selling book, Maximizing You. Dennis, Mr. Dowdell, thank you for being here and welcome. Wow, David, thanks so much for having me. What a, what a joy to be on such a powerful uh, podcast. I mean, this is exciting. It, it is exciting based on the Word of God and encouraging people to get into the Word of God. And I've so enjoyed talking with you about your book and the, and the principles that your book is, um, that your book sets forth. Would you mind sharing with our audience just a little bit about how you came to write a book? <laughs> well, it, it was very interesting. Uh, I have a, a mentor of mine. Uh, he's an executive mentor. And uh, I've been with him for 33 years. And one day he just said, he said, Dennis, he said, you've uh, amassed a, a phenomenal team of people. He said, um, what are the principles that you've used to develop such a massive team that's allowed them to stick around and, and continue uh, to be productive and be so successful? And I said, well, I said, oh, you know, I mean, there's lots of them. And he said, well, make me a list. And I said, all right, you know, so I, I'm writing down all these things. And, you know, so I, I send him this list of about 45 principles. And, uh, you know, we get on the phone again and he said, well, then he says, man, he said, that's amazing. He said, listen, he says, that looks like you've got a book there. And I thought, wow, what do you know? You know, and it, it and it, the, the thing was, is I had had that on my bucket list from 20 years before. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having flunked English twice, you know, I didn't think I was real qualified, but um, but it was uh, so it was very very uh, inspiring to me. And of course, with him telling me to do it, I said, "Okay, that's the challenge. Uh, time to grow." And um, but you know, David, what was really interesting as I began this process, um, my family and I don't know, you know, different families, you know, have different relations. And I'm close with my family. We're all we've always been close. And uh, but my family has watched what I've done. I mean, they saw me go from dead broke, you know, to, you know, the, the million dollar homes and traveling the world. And, um, but they don't know how I did it. They know what I did, mm -hmm. but they didn't know how I did it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, and I, I'm, uh, I just started my 74th year. So I'm thinking, you know, it, it's time to be thinking about my legacy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, they don't know. And I thought, you know, writing this down, number one, it clarified for me, but, uh, but what it did is it allowed me to be able to leave a legacy to my family so they understand not just what I did, but how I did it, the yeah. person that it took 
to be able to do those things, how I developed and grew within myself and the challenges that I had to overcome in order to make those things happen. And so now I've got this wonderful legacy that can go on, you know, for generations. That That's amazing, Dennis. Thank you for sharing that. We, I just, I want to be clear because anytime you talk about money, people get very, um, opinionated, you know, it can be very divisive, which shows that people care a whole lot more than they think they do. I think when, when something really offends you, it's because you care about it. You care about that topic. Um, we are not prosperity preachers. We are not saying come follow Jesus so that you can have big houses and fancy cars or any of that stuff. What I believe the scriptures teach is that God is raising up a generation of people who will co-reign with him. And in order to co-reign with our Messiah, we need to have an understanding of what wealth is and how it works and how to be a good steward of those things. What would you say, Dennis, to the people who would criticize you because of your material wealth? Well, you know, they can, but you know, generally when people criticize you, and, and I think you kind of hit on it a little bit, it actually tells you more about them than it does about whoever they're criticizing. And, and so, like you said, basically what that's telling, telling you, it tells me, is it tells me what's valuable and what's important to them. And, and so I always just said, listen, I said that the, the wealth is, is it, it's only a tool. And, and, and listen, and I'll tell you, in 1985, our company hit a disaster. And I mean, my income dropped 86% in two months. Wow. And that was, that was eight days after this tragic disaster hit, eight days after I closed the escrow on my first home. <laughs> so, so, you know. And, um, you know, and I hung on for a while and stuff like that, but eventually I lost it. And mm. I, I had no problem with that. I mean, hey, listen, God gives, God takes away. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not attached to any of these things. I just, I'm not. It's a tool. It's a tool. And, and it just opens door. It causes non-believers to listen better. But when I lost my own, you know, everybody was felt so bad and was so upset, especially my family. Everybody felt bad and was sad except for me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I seriously, it just didn't bother me. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, David, because the house had changed, the circumstances had changed, the income had changed, but I hadn't changed. My purpose hadn't changed. You know, uh, my product hadn't changed. My plan hadn't changed. My vision hadn't changed. You know, my purpose isn't to accumulate wealth. My, my purpose is to accumulate people for the kingdom. And I tell my team, and then and, and I've got I got the big moneyers, I got the you know the top one percenters, right? And I tell them all the time, I say, gang, if success is your goal, you got the wrong goal. You're gonna be you're gonna be extremely disappointed. And here's why. Because what can be what you accumulate can also disseminate, can wipe out. Yeah. And it can it comes and it goes. But I don't, and we don't, and people don't. So the goal is not success. The goal is significance. Success is is like all the material things. Success is simply a tool. And if you see it, anything other than a tool, 
you're in trouble. If, if, if you're getting your identity from your success and your position and your power, it's fragile. It's fragile, you know, and, and, and uh, you're missing it because yeah. the real joy, you know, comes, it's not from what I do. It's what others do as a result of what I do. So all the accumulation of things just opens more doors to reach more people. Dennis, you said the, your significance should be your goal. How would you define significance and, and why, why significance? Well, okay, I, I kind of look at it like this. Here's, here's the process. Most people are in survival. You know, they're, 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 we're living month to month, paycheck to paycheck, right? Nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing our deal. We're doing the best we can, right? So we're in a survival mode. But I think we need to go from a survival mode to a servant mode. Now, a lot of people say, wait a second, I don't, I don't want to be a servant. I, I want to have a servant, you know? And I said, no, 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 no. And I said, you have to understand what a servant is. A servant, by my definition, a servant is someone who is excited about making other people successful in their dreams and desires to become better people. Because what you accomplish, isn't that's not what counts. It's who you become in the process. That's what counts. So we want to we go from survival to being a servant. He who serves the many earns the money and a reputation. See, think of the companies that you love to go back to, those who provide a great service for you. So they, they become a reputation. Oh, you got to go down there. They're great people. Mm-hmm. You see, you'll, you'll even pay more money to go to a place that gives you better service. So we want to become servants. He says, if we want to be the leader of all, we've got to be what? The servant of all. So we right. just have to become great servants. Now, if you become a great servant, success, you don't have to think about success. Success is an automatic. You can't serve the many, right? and not be successful, whether you make money or not. Success is living a life according to your values. I don't care how many possessions or things you've accumulated, but if you live your life according to your values, you're successful. David, I had a guy who was in, he was above the top 1%, right? And he came up to me one time and he said, Denny, he says, you're never going to make the top 1%. You're just too nice. And I said, well, I said, that's what you say. I said, but let's talk in a few years. <laughs> yeah. You see? So, so once you've become successful, see, all that is, it's a tool that opens up more doors, more opportunity. Now yeah. you can become significant because, you know, really success and leadership isn't what you do. It's what others do as a result of what you do. It's what others become as a result of who you've become, mm-hmm. the impact that you've had on their life. Listen, you can be on the stage. I'm, listen, I'm on the stage all over the world. I'm, I've been on stages with 35,000 people in the audience, right? Listen, and, 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 and they're impressed, right? Listen, you've packaged everything up. You've pr- practiced your presentation. It's easy to impress from the stage. See, you can impress from the stage, but you impact people off the stage. That's where the reality comes. Yeah. That's, that's where the difference is made. The stage just gives you the door to have that impact off the stage. That's all that does. Well, and Dennis, you, you keep referring to this like 
I, I, I do the business stuff so that I can reach and bring the kingdom in. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about how you, you blend the, the things of this world and bringing the, the things of the world to come into it? Oh, that's, I, I'm so glad to ask that. It's one of my favorites, you know, because it's, it's, it's one of those things that, that, you know, and by the way, David, that's one of the most uh, asked questions of everybody in, in my team who are, who are believers, you know, because they battle with this thing. See, they think if I make more money, it's going to make me a bad person. No, more money doesn't make you a bad person. More money only makes you more of what you already are. If you're selfish, you're going to be more selfish. If you're generous, you're going to be more generous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, you know, more money is just a magnifying glass on your, on your true character. Mm. That's, you that's so true. And, and so for me, um, you know, here's what I know. See, a lot of people think, you know, if, if I'm going to live my Christian life in my business, you know, I've got to be, you know, quoting the Bible and quoting the, you know, the verses and giving the address, you know, and John 3, 16, this, and, you know, and, and, you know, all these different verses, you know, well, listen, what I learned, if you, if you try to quote the Bible to non-believers, they don't like it. Oh, how do you know the Bible? You know, so the, the defenses go up immediately, but whether it has the address or not, truth is still truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't need to have a Bible Bible verse attached to a truth to be truth. Truth is just truth. And so I share all these biblical principles. All of my trainings, you know, are filled with biblical principles. All my all my teachings are straight out of the Bible, but nobody knows it unless they're a believer. Mm -hmm. If they're a believer, my father is it you're you're a Christian now. Well, yeah. Dennis, have you seen have you seen people become believers over the years through as you steward these principles and as you um, instill the truth of God's word into unbelievers? Do you ever see that take root and and develop and end up changing these people's lives, bringing them into the kingdom? Yeah, many times, uh, many many times, and there's times I'm, I'm not even aware of it. People have to come up to me and say. You know that Chinese atheist who was sitting in the back of the room with her arms folded? Says, after your message, she came up and accepted Christ. You know, so those see that's that says okay, we're on target. You know, this we're doing the deal. And and there's other things that I've done because of my success. Okay, okay, that tool belt, that little thing I got in my tool belt, because of my success, because I developed a team around the world. People want to know who are you? How did you make that happen? And so my name, uh, you know, in my world, I'm a celebrity. So on our three-day weekends, we have these big events. And, of course, the events go from 8 in the morning till 3 or 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So on Sundays, you know, even if people wanted to go to church, they couldn't go to church, you know, because of the these things. So I just said, hey, what do you mean you can't go to church? I said, listen. The event starts at eight. You know, let's start at seven. Let's have our let's have a little uh, our own little church service and Bible study. And so I started doing a little Bible study, and people would say, "Hey, you know the guy who has over a quarter million people on his team all around the world? He's 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 going to be doing a spiritual a, a little uh, spiritual meeting at, at seven o'clock." And so all these people want to come and see who is this guy, right? 
And so then, see, then I can use scripture. Mm-hmm. But, but while I'm on the stage, uh, I give the same message. I just don't use scripture. You know, and here's, and maybe this would be interesting for your, for the, for the audience. I mean, because the the thing that fascinated me and drew me to Christ, especially after I, I came to Christ, I realized that the Bible talks about everything. There's not a subject that the Bible doesn't cover. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the in-between stuff. I mean, everything. And so, you know, I tell my people, I said, listen, I said, you guys want to know how to be a leader? You know, on the one-on-one stuff, I said, if you really want to know, listen, I don't know. I said, I don't know what you think about the Bible, but I'm just telling you, if you read Nehemiah chapter one to nine, you're going to find out what it means to be a leader and what it takes to overcome obstacles. I said, mm-hmm. so just read it, read it with that in mind, Nehemiah one to nine. And by the way, okay, you talk about having a good attitude. Listen, everything with us is a is great attitude, right? In other words, and we have this saying in our company, everything is no problem, right? doesn't mean there aren't problems, but we just don't focus on it, right? So it has to do with our attitude. I said, if you want to know the epitome of attitude, read the book of Philippians. Now, I know it, everybody thinks of it as the book of joy, but the reason they have joy is because of their attitude, their perspective, yeah. how they yeah. look at situations. Paul was in prison, and yeah. he was filled with joy. See? Yep. So, and we, you know how you tell people you've got to, you got to walk the talk? We tell people that all the time, right? I say, listen. I said, if you want to know how that works, I said, read the book of Ephesians. The first three chapters will tell you who you are and what you possess. And the second three chapters tells you how to, what to do with it, mm-hmm. how to act, how to walk. And it says, this is who you are. And then he says, starting in chapter four, walk, 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 stand. Yeah. So get in action, walk the talk. Walk according to who you are and what you have and stand in it. Hold your conviction. So I said, all of these messages are in Scripture. You just got to find them. It's the most powerful book there ever was. Yeah. Well, so often when we when we read the Scripture, it's like we're checking a box. You know, oh, you know, I've got to read the three chapters a day to get through, you know, whatever. And, and so, like, our eyes will look at every single word, but then we walk away and we don't retain any of it because we're not soaking in it, you know. And that's what God said to, to, to focus on his word, to, to think about it, to dwell on it. That's like, right. like the, the cow chews the cud, just meditating on the word of God should be what we do. And as you do that, these principles come out. They're, they are there. What I'd love to hear from you, Dennis, is about your conversion, you know, what were the circumstances of your life that, that led to your personal relationship with your current Messiah? He's so cool. He's, he's, he's truly the coolest, right? I, I tell you, I, I was a good kid. Okay. I, I, I'm the one that, you know, my parents never worried about. Well, Dennis will always be okay. Right. So I was the good kid, but I, I didn't understand things. Right. And I had this friend of mine who he was, he was the big man on campus. Nobody knew who I was. He was uh, on the football team, captain of the football team. I didn't play sports. He was in Key Club, which was the club on campus, president of the Key Club. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in a club, you know. And so this guy says, you got to come to church with me. And I said, what? And I said, you know, and he says, you got to come. So I go to this church and, and I hear this guy speak. And the guy first started out, he said, hey. He said, uh, my name's Ivan. I'm Ivan the Atheist. He was an evangelist. He said, I don't believe in God. Anybody here believe in God? And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I believe in God. 
And he said, yeah, well, why do you believe in God? And I thought, oh, that's a great question. Why do you guys believe in God? And they give all these answers and stuff, you know? And then he says, yeah, but how do you know that there's a God? Wow, you just keep asking those questions. How do you know, right? And so I'm soaking all this up. And then we go into the service. And of all times, he talks about the second coming of Christ. And he talks about all the prophecies. He says, the Bible says this. And then here it shows it true. The Bible says this, and here it shows it true. The Bible says this, history shows it's true. He goes through all these things. I think this must be a true book. And so at the end, he says, listen, Christ is coming back to get his people. And, uh, and, and then they had the invitation. And he said, you know, so he said, come on up. He said, if you want to rededicate your life, go to this group. If you want to accept Christ for the first time, go to this group. Well, I didn't have no idea. I didn't know what rededication was or any of that stuff. So I went to the biggest group you know, thinking that should, that should be where I am, right? And they started praying. I said, oh, it must be the wrong group. This doesn't apply. <laughs> so I just backed off and went and sat in the front, front, uh, front pew. And, and uh, the pastor comes up and he says, he says, can I help you? And I said, well, I said, I don't know. He said, well, well what'd you come up here for? And, and it, they used overheads back then. And I said, well, I said, I, I don't want to be left when that guy comes back. And he said, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so finally the evangelist comes comes over and he says, well, he said, let me ask you something. He says, uh, do you believe in God? I said, oh, yeah. He said, do you believe you've sinned against God? I said, yeah, that's not a prayer. Got that one. And he says, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? And I said, yeah, I, I believe that. And he said, well, do you believe that God raised him from the dead? And I said, did he what? He said, do you believe that God raised him from the dead and overcame death? Does it say so in that book? And he said, yeah, yeah, right here. And I said, okay, if it says it in the book, I believe it. Right. And he said, okay. He said, he said, listen, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, he'll come in and sup with you, fellowship with you, and it'll be with you for eternity. Mm. He said, you just open the door and invite him in. You receive Christ and he will come into you and you'll have eternal life. Would you like to open the door? And I said, absolutely. And, and that was it. I just said, Lord, I said, listen, I said, I know I don't know anything. I said, but I open the door, come in, show me what you want me to do. And that was, and, and that was the beginning. And you know something? My friend, that same friend, tried to get me to read the Bible two times before. I opened it up. It was like reading Greek. I, I didn't understand a thing. But now all of a sudden, I opened it up, and I said, dang, this thing's making sense. And it's the only book that actually makes sense out of life. Yeah. You know, and in and, and, and Christianity, it's the, only, it's the only faith, belief system, that offers free salvation as a gift. None yeah. others do. Yeah, and I thought this is just amazing. So it made sense, and I started reading it, and and that's all. That's what got me. Is that it all made sense? And because it made sense, and because it applied to every aspect of life and living, I thought this is it. This is the manual for life, and that's the way I've looked at it. How would your life be different had you received Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, that day in that church service after hearing from that evangelist and praying with that pastor, if you had not gotten into the Word of God for yourself, where would you be today? How, how do you think your life would have turned out differently? I, I hate to even think of it. Hmm. You know, it, it would be just lost. It would be just like so many people. You know, it, it, it'd be like going to a party and then go sitting in the corner with your, you know, face in the corner. I mean, you I, you would miss out on all the things that did on them. We don't have enough time to go over the, the amazing stories of how God has revealed himself to me. And, and for me, that's, you know, um, 
I'm an encourager. I have the gift of encouragement. And so for me, I just want people to know, understand who he is and what he's done. Because if they really understand who he is, and if they really understand what he's really done, how can you throw that away? How can you reject it? Yeah. You know? And in fact, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier. You said you can't just uh, read the Bible and set it down. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't do any good. <clears throat> what I've learned to practice to do is I tell people, read the Bible. Okay, read this, look for that. Read this and look for that. I told the guy that that started this Bible study with 28 years ago, and he was brand new, you know, and I said, okay, I said, Dan, here's what I want you to do. I said, if you're going to understand this book, because he, he didn't have one, we went down and bought one that night. He said, if you're going to understand this book, you got to know the author. And if you're going to know the author, I said, let me share with you how you can know the author. Read the book of John. I don't care if you understand anything in there. I said, just read the book. And I said, I have a little note notepad next year. And I said, all I want you to do is write down everything Jesus said he was or claimed to be. That's it. Just, just write all that down and then we can talk, you know? And so, you know, I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the word, you know, and, you know, the word became flesh, you know, I'm the way, the truth, the life, I'm the alpha, the omega, the servant, you know, all the different things, right? Just write it all down. And then, and so when, when we talk, this is, and so what's that tell you about the author? Pretty amazing guy. See? And so, so not only, so that made the difference for him, but really to lock it in. And I'm so glad you, you brought this. And that's why I'm so excited about your podcast here, because we can, we can read it and we can read with purpose, right? But we also need fellowship. We need accountability. Yeah. And that's how this Bible study started, because we all need to be accountable. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have a mentor to have somebody to disciple me, somebody who's been around the block, mm -hmm. somebody can answer the questions when I read and don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so vital. So what you're doing here, David, is just so powerful and so valuable, you know, to more people than they probably realize. Well, to God be the glory. And I don't, I don't mean that in false no, humility I, I, at all. It's just... It, I didn't plan this. This is what he ordered my steps to do. <laughs> so, right? yeah. So we can't we can't claim any other credit, can we? That's right. <laughs> Dennis, before I forget, how can people find more about you, a copy of your book, or just learn about you in general? Well, um, my website is maximizeyou.com. Y-O-U. Maximize Y-O-U, MaximizeYou.com. And uh, the book is the same, it's the same title, Maximize You. And you can find that on Amazon or, you know, uh, Barnes and Noble or what. Um, but, um, you know, and you know, they'll see it. You know, I mean, it, it, it's all, it's, it's all there. And there's some little video clips of stuff that I've done and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but, you know, mostly, you know, I just, uh, there's nothing better See, giving the message is one thing, but the best part isn't giving the message. The best part is afterwards, you know, when you get to talk to the people, yeah. you know, because that, that's where the, the little things make the big difference. Yeah. You know, just. Maybe this a is few months ago. Like. How, how is it being received? 45 uh, principles. So uh, became an international bestseller in June. So Congratulations. very excited about that. Congratulations. 
where where do you see it going from here? What's what's the what's the next goal for you? Well, you know, I've uh, done a lot all within this company, and and so I just put together my company Maximize You last year, and so I'm now just you know looking to say, okay, I want to now take this same message out into the corporate world, the business world, to the general public, uh, just to be able to share the practical applications of scripture because it's so real and so practical. And that's why I say if they see the practicality of it and then they understand the source, they say, well, maybe that nobody ever told me that. I, I never got that from church. I never got yeah. that from my Bible study, but it's all there. So yeah. I, I just want to open people's eyes so that, again, so they understand who he actually is and what he's actually done because it, it's phenomenal. <laughs> It it is phenomenal. I find so often that we wrestle with laying down our own desires to follow Jesus because we think that what we have going on is better than what he wants to give us. So yeah. if we want the real gift, the gift comes from him, mm-hmm. not from us. Yep. We're, we're just the hands and feet. You know, we're the branches. He We hold the fruit, but he bears the fruit. <laughs> yes, yes. All we do is hold it. He bears it. The fruit is fed from him through us. All we do is we get to hold. Isn't that amazing? He he grows the tree. He bears the fruit, but we get to hold it. Isn't that something? So when you talked about the, the you know the homes or the success and stuff like that, that's just the fruit that I get to hold. And listen, if he wants to pull the fruit off, hey, I'm good. I'm still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened. And and it it will continue to happen. That's right. So to God be the glory. Dennis, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Do you you have one more tip or um, a verse perhaps or a thought that you'd like to leave people with? Well, one of of my favorites is is in uh, Philippians where where he talks about, he says, you know, always think of other people as more important than yourself. Yeah. And the first chapter in my book, uh, is just that. And I got this from Rick Warren, by the way, I, I sent under Rick Warren from the time his church was only 400 people, uh, back in 1984, uh, up through what was over 78,000, I think when I finally left California. Wow. But, um, and so I started out my, my book the same way. The first principle upon which every principle in life is based upon is the fact, the principle of it's not about you. And it isn't. And, and you've said it several times here. It really isn't about us. God has given us talent, skills, abilities. All he wants to do is use what we gave him for his glory. Yeah. To manifest him through our action. You know, we were saved for good works, to do good things. And so when people realize that all my talent, skills, and abilities, they're not for me. What, what do I need my own talent, skills, and abilities for? And I, I don't need, it's for other people to see what God can do through somebody who just says yes. Amen. That's, it's Amen. so simple. It's just, just saying yes. For me, before that night in that church, Jesus was a swear word to me. That's the only way I heard it, right? But after I realized it wasn't a swear word, it was a, it was a word to swear on, yeah. right? To depend yeah. on. And and so uh, if whether if you don't know anything, hey, just say okay, God, if you're really real, I'll open the open the door, come in and show me everything you want to show me, 
and, and give me that life that you promise. Amen. Amen, Dennis. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a joy having you on. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.